Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. One of the important principles of Rashi's commentary on the Torah, which I have discussed many times, is that Rashi does not make a habit of investigating the reasons for the mitzvahs. Tame ha-mitzvahs is something that Rashi did not get involved with very often. And as I've explained many times, the reason for this is because the Torah itself generally does not give us the reasons for its mitzvahs and for its laws. And since Rashi took upon himself the task of explaining the Pshutei Shalmik with the simple meaning of scripture. So therefore, since scripture, since the Torah doesn't say the reason for the mitzvah, so Rashi didn't feel that it was his job either to explain the reasons for mitzvahs. A corollary to this is that we would not expect Rashi to sometimes tell us that a certain law in the Torah is a gzeres It is a decree of scripture. It is a, dis- a decree of the Torah, which is uh, beyond reason. Because that would indicate that really he was looking for the reason, but he couldn't, he couldn't think of it. He couldn't figure it out. So he throws up his hands and says, well, it's a gzeres But since we have, I have, uh, may I maintain that Rashi was not looking for the reason for the mitzvah in any case. So it's understood that he's not going to tell us on occasion, it's a decree of the Torah, don't worry about the reason. In this week's parsha, Parsha's Tazriya, however, we find two examples where Rashi tells us about a law, he tells us, let's see two of the first psukim in this parsha regarding Saras. Rashi, the Pasuk says, Adam a person, when he will have in the flesh, in the, on the skin of his flesh, says, these are names of different kinds of discolorations that can occur to a person's skin. We're not going to try to translate them. If a person will have on his skin or her skin, says, any one of these discolorations, and it will be in the skin of his flesh, a negatsaras. It will appear to be a certain illness that the Torah calls saras. Um, saras is also used in Tanakh for what seems to be leprosy. However, as, we'll, as uh, anyone who reads this Pasha can tell, that the tzaras that is discussed in this week's parsha is not exactly uh, the leprosy that you can find by looking up the uh, medical texts. It's a different, different condition. Anyway, a person will have one of these marks on his skin, his or her skin, and the person thinks that it might be neged tzaras. So what happens? This person will be brought to Aren Hakoyen, or to one of his sons, one of his children, the Koyhanim. 
let's skip Rashi for the moment and go to the next post. Gimel. And the Kayan will see this nega. He will see this uh, lesion or this uh, this uh, this nor abnormality in the flesh of in the skin of the flesh. And there is hair in the nega which has turned to white. There are hairs that used to be white which have turned white. Rashi says that it has to be two hairs. Okay. And the appearance of the nega, the appearance of this uh, abnormality is deeper than the appearance of the skin of the flesh. Rashi explains that any very light colored, anything that's very light colored will appear to be deeper than something that is darker that is around it. He says uh, if you have a uh, you have some uh, some shadow on the ground, but then you also have a place where it's sunny, so the the sunny part will look to be deeper. Now, if the, if these are the symptoms, so negat sarasu, this is a negat saras. This is a a wound, a lesion of saras. The koyin will see him, and the koyin will make this person tummy. And the psukim go on and on and on. Um, every Pasuk is full of all kinds of halachas, but this person is Tomei, and he's placed into quarantine for seven days, and then the Koyan comes back and sees how it's progressing, and so on and so forth. It's a whole Parsha. <clears throat> These are the first two Pesukim. Let's go back to Rashi. Pasuk Bey said that if the person has these symptoms, or apparently has certain symptoms, so the person will be brought to Aaron HaKoyhein, or to one of his children, the Kohanim. Rashi says, El Aharon Bebaimeh, Zeres HaKosavhi. This is a decree of the Torah. She'ein Tumas Negoim V'Taharason, Ela Alpi Kohen. That the Tuma of Negoim, meaning the decision to say that a certain Nega is Tameh, or that it's Tahor, or that he has recovered and he is now becoming Tahor, all of this is only Alpi Kohen. It must only be done by a koyan. Now, the fact that it's only done by a koyan, that's quite obvious in the Pasuk. That's what it says. And then you go to the next Pasuk and it says, the koyan looks at it and if he sees certain symptoms, the may also, he will declare it to be tummy. He will make it tummy. So the very fact that it must be done by a koyan is really quite obvious. What Rashi seems to be saying, what he seems to be indicating, is that he was trying to understand the reason for this, and he couldn't think of a good reason, so he said, there is a kosuf. It's just a decree. Just live with it. That's what the Torah tells us. You don't have to understand it. Of course, as I said before, that would seem very odd, a very odd thing for Rashi to say, considering Rashi's uh, global tendency, his, his general rule, not to get involved in the reasons for mitzvahs, and so too not to get involved in the in the lack of reasons for mitzvahs that we sometimes encounter. Let's go to the next Rashi. The next pasuk says that the koyan looks at the nega, and if he sees certain symptoms, so then v'timeo so he will then make it tamei. So Rashi says yoimer loy tamei ator. 
the Kayan will say to the person, Tameyato, you are Tame. Shaseyar lovan simintumahu, because white hairs inside of a nega are a sign of Tuma, Zera Sakasuf. It is a decree of the Torah, a decree of scripture. So again, it sounds as if Rashi was uh, wondering about the reason, couldn't think of the reason, and therefore he surrendered and he said, Zera Sakasuf, this is simply the law of the Torah. And again, this is difficult to understand uh, in light of Rashi's general principle. It happens to be a perfectly legitimate uh, psychological attitude. That's perfectly legitimate intellectual stance that if you can't think of a, if you can't understand the reason for a mitzvah, you say, that is the decree. That doesn't exempt you from thinking about it anymore, but it is a perfectly legitimate intellectual slash spiritual approach to say, God has decreed it, this is how it is. But we would not expect to see it in Rashi's commentary on the Torah, because Rashi in general doesn't talk about the reasons for mitzvahs altogether. In order to uh, begin to, to answer the, these, these questions, I think we must establish certain other <clears throat> general principles. They're really very much related. There is a, a very well-known little saying from Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, the great Reb Chaim Brisker. I don't know if I have the, the exact words, but the, 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 uh, certainly the, the summary, the approximate uh, intent of his words, which he, which he spoke in Yiddish was, you should not, when learning, ask, why does it say like this? When you're learning a text, you're learning the Gemara, you're learning the Rambam. Those were Rukhayim Soloveitchik's <laughs> two favorite things to learn. It says, Don't ask why it says like this, nor Freg state. Just ask, what is it saying? Now, one can take that attitude to an extreme. Whether Rukhayim did or did not take that to, a, to an extreme is not for me to say. I certainly was not taught that you can't ever ask why, but you have to first establish what. Before you start asking why, you must, you must establish what is the Torah or the, the text saying. Then you can say why, and why not that, and why not that, and why not that, and why this. But the first thing is state. what is it saying? And I think in regards to these two Rashis that we are examining here, we have to understand that Rashi was not trying to figure out the Tam HaMitzvah and came up blank and therefore said, well, that's not what's going on. What is going on is that Rashi is telling us that state, what it is saying in these psukim is something that is surprising that can only be understood by saying it's Xeris Rashi, when he tells us that these halachas, these laws, and these psukim are gzeris akosu, he's saying, don't think that the Pasuk is saying something very obvious, something very logical. That would be the wrong explanation of vashtet. That would be the wrong understanding of what it is saying. You must realize that these psukim, what they are saying, is something that is really... Uh, somewhat, maybe very much, 
beyond our, our comprehension. Let's go to the first exception, the first example that we have here. Rashi says that ain't tumas negoyim v'taharosin ela alpikoyin, the tumo or the tahara of saras can only be done through the koyin, and that is a zeres akosuf. Maskil the David explains that Rashi is, Rashi had a question here. His question is that we already have in this Pasek, we have several mentions of the Kaihana. It says near the beginning of the Pasek, it's not the beginning, but it says starting here, the person who has Saras or thinks that he has Saras, the person will be brought in front of the Kayan. And then it says again, that's now two times it says that the person will be brought to the Kayan. And really, the, the masculine David says that all of this is superfluous because it says in the next Pasek that who's going to look at the Nega? It says Hakohen, Hakohen. The Kayan will look at it. And Again, it says, the Koyen will see it and the Koyen will declare it to be Tameh. So we really, the Pasuk is really uh, repeating and repeating this point that the person who thinks he has Saras must go to a Koyen. So Rashi answers, explains the Mosque of the Dove, that these extra words, and Elachad Mibanov HaKoyanim, is to tell us that you bring your negat saras, or I don't want to be personal about it. Someone should, someone who is, uh, thinks that he may have saras must bring his saras to a koyan, even if that koyan does not know the laws of saras. Now, if we would read a little bit more, even in the, on the simplest level, if we would read more of the psukkim and the Torah, we would see that the laws of saras are quite complex. And then if you go into the Torah Sheba Alpet, you go into all of the drushas in Torah Kahanim, and you go into all of the halachas that are in the Mishnayas, in Meseches Nagoyim, you'll see this is one of the most difficult areas of halacha. There are many, many halachas and halachas on top of halachas, and many fine distinctions that must be made between one case and another. But uh, uh, what Masculine Dove is explaining that what Rashi means to tell us here is that you go to a Koyan. That's it. No questions asked. You go to a Koyan, whether the Koyan knows these halachas very well or somewhat well or not at all. Just go to a Koyan. That's what the Pasuk is saying. Go to a Koyan, no matter what kind of a Koyan he is. Could be the biggest Dhamma Oritz. If he is certified descendant of Aaron Koyan, Go to him. Now, how is he going to know what to do? Okay, he'll go to the local Talmud Chacham, go to the local base then, and there'll be an expert there who can guide him. But who has to declare this person, Tame or Tahor? Only a Kayan. That's what this Pasuk is saying. And Rashi says, that's a Zeres Akosuk, meaning, don't think that the Pasuk means that you will bring it to a Kayan who knows what he's doing. That's what you might think the Pasuk means. I mean, 
you're presenting this person with a task of deciding whether a certain appearance on the skin is saras or is not saras. And it's a very complex matter. You have to be a big expert to really know what to do. So perhaps you would think the Pasuk means bring it to a Kayan who knows what he's doing. It says Rashi, Dervos state what it's saying in this Pasuk, before you get to any reasons, but Vos state what is, what is being stated in this Pasuk is bring it to any Kayan whatsoever, which of course is something hard to understand. It's Xeris Akosov. Xeris Akosov is not because he was confused about the reason. Rashi is saying Zeris Akosov to show you what the Pasuk is saying. The Pasuk is telling us a, an astounding, perplexing point, which is, can only be understood as Xeris Akosov. That's what the Pasuk is saying. Don't think, don't make the mistake of saying that the Pasuk is telling us something that is quite understandable, that you should bring it to an expert player. No, the Pasuk is telling us an astounding, perplexing halacha that you must bring it to a Kayan no matter what Kayan he is. No matter how dumb he is. And personally, I'm a Kayan and I know how dumb I am. I know that I could, I could never, at least in my present state, I would never attempt to, to paskin a question of Saras. And I mean, I've, I've learned the Psukim and I've learned the Mishnayis, and I, I'm still, it's still a big, it's still a big blur in my mind exactly when it is tummy and when it is Torah. And there are certain details that I, that I, that, that, spin my head around. But you could bring a Neged Saras to me. I would be the one who would have to declare that it is Tami or Tahor, only I would take advice. I would, I would do it according to the guidance of, a, of an expert in the laws of Saras. Let's go to the next Rashi. In the next Rashi, Rashi tells us that the Koyen has to tell the person Tami or because say our love and sim and tumahu, Because white hair inside of a nega is a sign of tuma. It is a symptom which shows that this is a tame, that this is a that this is really tsaras. It's not just some other skin condition. It's not eczema or whatever or psoriasis. It's saras. And this is a xerasakosu. Now here, the mask of the David tells us need to know a Mishnah Mesech Tadegoyim. It's also a, a Midrash in the Torah's Kahanim. We'll read the words here. Here he's quoting the Torah's Kahanim. Oso hu mitameh. That, the Pasuk says, V'ra'oh ha-kohen v'timei oso. The Kohen will be mitameh. The Kohen will declare Tuma about this. So, oso hu mitameh. This he will make tameh. To exclude, the V'einu mitameh es ha-toyleish simenei Tuma. The Kayan will not be will not declare Tuma in a case in which the person plucked out the simon Tuma. He plucked out the white hair that was in his nega before he came to the Kayan. In other words, even if we have Adus, even if I have two Adim, let's say I'm the Kayan, they come to me. <laughs> Four people. They came to me to, to, to pass in a case about the Goyan. But they came to me because that's the lucky. You can go to any kayak. And two witnesses testify in front of Beis Din that this person had a nega, which looked like such and such, and it had, a, it had in it two black hairs which turned white. They saw the white hairs inside the nega. 
But but when he comes to me, I don't see the two white hairs because obviously he pulled them out. He's not Tomei. That's what this Pasuk is saying. The Koyan will see. It could be the word, the, the, the suffix ra'ohu. He sees it. Perhaps doesn't mean he will see the person. It means he will see it, meaning he will see the Seyar Lavon. He will see the white hairs in the Nega, the Time Oisoi, and he will declare the person to be Tame. The Koyan can only declare the person Tame if he sees the Simon Tumor. Even though he has witnesses saying that there had been a Simon Tumor, there had been white hairs in the Nega, but they are no longer present. And even if, let's say, we had witnesses saying, you know why they're not present? We saw the guy take a tweezer and pull them out. Nonetheless, when can the Kayan declare this person to be Tomei? Only if it's Vera'ahu HaKohen. Only if the Kayan himself actually saw those hairs. Now that, that's a surprising, uh, perplexing explanation of the Pasuk. That's what Rashi is saying. Your Marle Tame Ator, the Koyan should tell him, you are Tame, because say I love on Simintuma, Simintumahu, because white hairs in a nega are a Simintuma, Zera Sakosu. Yes, it is, an, it is a non-understandable decree of the Torah that the Koyan has to see the, the, the Seyar. He has to see the hairs, even though we know that they were there, even if witnesses tell us they were there, let's say uh, a Navi would tell us they had been there, not good enough. It's only if the Kayan sees them. And again, Rashi says, Zera Sakasu. Why does he say this is a Zera Sakasu? Not to explain state. not because he wants to understand the reason and he couldn't understand it, so he gave up and said Zera Sakasu. No. By saying that it's a Zera Sakasu, he is telling us that don't make the mistake of thinking that this Pasuk is saying something logical, which would be that as long as the Koyan knows that there had been white hairs in the Nega, he can declare it to be Tame. No, it's not saying that logical thing. It's saying something that is uh, beyond logic. It's saying that if the Koyan personally observes the hairs, he can declare it to be Tame. That's Xerus of Kosov. That's what the Pasuk means to say. It means to sell us, tell us something that is surprising and perplexing and that could only be understood by saying it's Xerus Akosu. Now, that's my technical point. Now let's go a little further. What is this all about? Even though I said from a client, you're not supposed to ask for state, but I am going to say, now that I understand what it does say, I am gonna ask a little bit, why is it like this? First of all, we have to understand what is the meaning of the words of the words in Rashi's language? Well, I'm not going to, I'm only, I'm going to limit myself only to what these words mean according to Rashi. If, if another commentator uses those words with a slightly different nuance, that's not my discussion now. If we go to Parshas Ahremas, um, we find a posik. Es mishpatai ta'asu. My mishpatim you shall do. Yes, chukaisai tishmaru, and my chukais. Both mishpat and chayk roughly translate as laws. We'll talk in a moment about what's the difference. But if you will do my laws, if you will perform my laws, and if you will guard my laws, 
to go in them, to follow my laws. Not, not, not if, you will. In other words, that it's a commandment. You will must do my laws and you must guard my 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 chukais, my laws, to go in the, to go by them. Ani Hashem Elokeichem, I am Hashem your God. So Rashi, understandably, comes to uh, define what are mishpatim and what are chukim. Mishpatim, Rashi says, These are things that are stated in the Torah, b'mishpat, with, with justice, with logic. That if they were not said, if they had not been written in, in the Torah, it would have been worthwhile to say them on our own. For example, the Torah says, uh, don't steal from people. Now, I think it's fair to say that even if the Torah had not said that, it would have been kedai la'omron. It would have been worthwhile to make such a law for ourselves. We, we all can understand the, the benefit to society of not having people steal from each other. Now, what are chukim? These are things that are gzeris They are decree of the king. The Yetzirah asks questions on them. Why do we need to keep them? And the nations of the world, they ask questions on them. These are mitzvahs that are, that are very difficult to understand. For example, the eating of chazir, of pig, interesting that Rashi would call that a chay, that many people, if you, if you tell them, if you would ask them, why is it forbidden to eat pork? It's back Pigs, filthy, rolls around in the mud. Maybe, but Rashi classifies Achilles Chazir as a chok. It, it can't be understood, or it's very, very difficult to understand. We have to accept it as a decree of the king. Well, the vicious shotness, the wearing of shotness, a, a mixture in our clothing of linen and wool. Well, what's wrong with that? It, it works, keeps you warm. Why should we not be allowed to wear it? The taris mechatas and the purification that's brought about by the mechatas, by the water that is mixed with the ashes of the paradoma, that of course is very hard to understand. So lachach nemar, therefore, it says at the end of this pasuk, ani Hashem, I am Hashem, gazarti alechem, I have decreed upon you, iatem reshoim lehipatim. You are not permitted to exempt yourself from these mitzvahs just because you don't understand. So there are two categories. There are mishpatim and there are chukim. If I would not be afraid of saying a big chiddush, and I'm really not that afraid. Um, I'm careful, but I'm not that afraid. I think there's really a third category, which is not mentioned in this passage. Because the way Rashi sets it up, there's a, there's a very big gap. There's a, there's a chasm. Chasm, I don't know how to pronounce that word, in between the Mishpatim and the Chukim. Mishpatim are Mishpatim are laws that if, if they, even if they would not have been said, it would have been worthwhile to say that we would have said them on our own. And Chukim, or Dvorim Shem, Zeris Melech, these are things that are the decree of the king, and we really cannot, under, un, cannot understand them at all, even after they've been said. I think there's a third category in between. And that is that there are laws 
that we would not have said them on our own. They're not that obvious. But now that they've been said, we can attempt to understand them. We can see where they're coming from. It's very hard to understand. Where does uh, Levitius shot us? Where did, where, where, what's that coming from? Is there something wrong with wool? No. Is there something wrong with linen? No. Is there something wrong with putting them together? It's it, it just hard to know where to start to, to try to understand that. Aradula works in contradiction contradictory directions and very hard to understand. But I think there's another category of mitzvahs that although we would not have said them on our, on our own, but now that they've been said, it is fairly easy to understand why, relatively easy. And I think that even the halachas that Rashi talks about here and that Rashi defines and that Rashi explains here can be understood. Not that we would have decreed them ourselves, but they can be understood. Again, what are the two halachas? Halacha number one is that a koyen, only a koyen, but any koyen, is the one who can declare a nega to be tame or tar. Even if the koyen himself is the biggest ignoramus, as long as he, but, but when he says it's tame, it's tame, and when he says it's tar, it's tar. Of course, he will do this upon the uh, advice and direction of a competent authority, but it only counts when the Kayan says so. That's law number one. And number two is that, well, we're really going to concentrate primarily on this first halakha. Uh, now that I think about it, I really don't have anything to say about the second halakha. Uh, maybe. Let's think about the first one anyway. We go to the Sefer Achinuch. Sefer Achinuch is a list of the uh, 613 mitzvahs. Each mitzvah, the author of the Sefer Achinuch defines and tells us some of the halachas and also tells us what he calls Shorshei HaMitzvah, the roots of the mitzvah. I just recently saw in the name of the Rav Gifter, a friend of the Bracha. He notes that the, the, the Sefer Achinuch always begins his discussion of the reasons for the mitzvah with the words, Mi Shorshei HaMitzvah from among the roots of the mitzvah. In other words, the chinuch is, is reminding you and warning you, don't think that what I'm saying is the root of the mitzvah exclusively. No, it's like a tree that has many different roots. I'm telling you one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand and I'm sharing with you one contributing root to the, to the growth of the mitzvah, but there are many others. The Sefer Achinuch and Mitzvah Kuf Samech Tes addresses the mitzvah of Tumas Saras. Let's read a little bit. Mishor Sheha Mitzvah, from amongst the roots of this mitzvah. The Kvaya Benafshe Seinu. The purpose of this mitzvah is to establish in our souls, in, in, our, in our minds, Ki Ashkachas Hashem Borachu, Protes Akol Echad Nibne It is to tell us and to establish within us the understanding that the providence that Hashem has over us the this that Hashem looks and sees and knows what's going on is protis I'll call echod It is particular for every individual human being. In other words, Akadish Borahu knows what's happening with every particular individual human being, and Akadish Borahu is directing 
what should happen to that particular human being. What we call hashkacha pratis. And that Hashem's eyes are open to all of people's ways. To, in other words, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is watching what every single person does. As it's written, His eyes, meaning the eyes of Hashem, are upon the ways of a person. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is watching what the person does. And all of the person's steps he sees. And therefore, we have been warned in the Torah. We have been warned to pay attention to this bad disease called Saras. And we are commanded to think and to consider that it is sin that has caused it. In other words, when a person is afflicted with Saras, the person is, is, is being warned by the Torah, you have to think to yourself why it happened. And the answer is because of your sins. Our rabbis have already said in the Gemara, that most of the time, the reason a person contracts saras is because of the sin of Lashon Hara, because he has spoken libelously or, or uncomplimentarily about another person. And the Torah is telling us not to take the saras as just a coincidence. Ah, whatever, the weather changed or something in my diet. No. A person has to realize that saras is because of his sins. And then the Torah tells us that we need to go to a koyen. Why to a koyen? Because the koyen is the one who stands, meaning his job is, his day job is, to bring forgiveness upon those who sin. What is a Kayan's job? What is his special role? In Yisrael, to bring korbanas for people who have sinned. That's his primary role. That's somehow, he has been specially chosen by HaKadosh Baruch to fill that role. And by being together with this mechaper, by having a meeting with this person who is mechaper, so perhaps the person will think about tshuva. The person will regret and, uh, and, and, and mend his ways. And then, now the Sefer Achinach explains a little bit some of the halachas of, of Mitzorah, of Saras, in the context of his understanding of the reason for the whole mitzvah. The person will then be quarantined for some amount of days. In order that he will put upon his mind, that he will pay attention to his matters, to his actions. In a, uh, in a, uh, in a, in a uh, he will consider them in a, in a calm, collected manner. And he will consider his actions very carefully. And sometimes, sometimes the person has to be quarantined two times, as we see in the Pesukim. In because maybe he did consider Tshuva during the first week of, of uh, quarantine, but not Tshuva Shlema. He didn't really complete the Tshuva. As if 
perhaps you'll say as a marshal the following. What if a, a thief decided that he'll give back half of what he stole? So this person sort of decided uh, half of my Lush and Hara, I really wish I hadn't said. The other half was true, and that guy's dumb and ugly, and I meant it. Well, that's not good enough. So if that happens, if the person has only a partial, does only a partial tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will now renew upon this person certain symptoms, which will cause him, according to the halakha, to be quarantined a second time. Perhaps, given this opportunity, the person will complete his tshuva and he will become completely Torah. Therefore, he's a, the Torah warns us, when this bad disease befalls a person, meaning Saras, he's really repeating certain points here. He should not take it as a coincidence. He should immediately think that it was his sins that caused it. And he should distance himself from the society of other people. In other words, he should be quarantined or isolated. Like a person who is distancing himself from the evil of his ways. And he should now join. He should have some uh, contact, some encounter with the mechaper, with the kayen. The Koyen who has been appointed by Hashem to cure the breakage that is caused, that is caused by sins. And he should show to the Koyen his nega and etc. etc. So what the Sefer Achinuch is saying is that a Koyen is a mechap. And this person who has saras, he needs kapara. Therefore, we can understand a little bit why the Torah decreed that even if the Koyen is, is not the Talmud Chacham, and living next door to him, there's a Yisrael who's a big Talmud Chacham. He knows all of the halachas of Saras, backwards and forwards. But it is the Koyen who has to declare that he is either Tohar or Tameh. And perhaps we can even understand the second halacha that we saw in Rashi, or at least we saw in the Maskeladavim, that the Kayan has to personally observe the signs of the Tumor. The fact that he knows they had been there because someone told him, because two witnesses told him, that's not enough. The Kayan has to see it. If the Kayan doesn't see it, then that means that this Mitzvah has not had a sufficient connection with the Kayan to be declared Tame. You're only Tame when you have had some connection with the Kayan, and you only can become Tahar by having some connection with the Kayan, because the Kayan is the Mechaper, the Kayan has been appointed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. he has certain quote-unquote superpowers of bringing about Kapara. We don't know why, we don't have to know why, but those are the powers that have been vested in him, and therefore everything depends on the Kayan.